This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the DPB Pro Facebook group, a private group which gives members exclusive access to content that we are not sharing on the public-facing podcast. That's right, exclusive content. But not only that, group members participate in weekly challenges that are designed to help them grow at an accelerated rate while joining conversations with other like-minded DPB pros from around the world. We're talking Australia, Canada, New Zealand, South Africa, all over Europe, the United States. It's really, really awesome what's going on inside of that group. So if you're ready to make 2020 your best year ever and want to connect with other consummate professionals, apply today to join the DPB Pro Group on Facebook by visiting thedealerplaybook.com forward slash DPB Pro. That's thedealerplaybook.com forward slash DPB Pro. Hey, and welcome to another episode of The Dealer Playbook, a podcast that explores how to create a thriving career in the retail auto industry. My name is Michael Cirillo, and I am excited to share with you my interview with Ali Retta, who's going to divulge how to sell 100 cars a month. All right, buddy. So I have probably 7,000 questions. Don't fact check me on that for you. But I mean, I've seen you on a variety of other interviews and different podcasts, web webinars and and all these sorts of things. And it's kind of funny because you feel like, you know, when you when you do a podcast or when you do the speaking circuit in the auto industry, you feel like you start to get to know all the names out there. But truth be told, if I'm being completely honest, a couple of years ago and this guy pops up pops up on my radar. And it's you and it's and I'm not going to get into the controversy because you probably had enough of that. But but I see this most cars sold in a year and it's like fifteen hundred plus. And I go, holy balls. And (laughs) and my mind doesn't go to the controversy because I am I am not a person for drama at all. My mind immediately goes to I got to check out reviews on this guy. And this kind of leads me into my first question, my observation. Uh, and I think this is really valuable for, for the listeners that they can look you up because you are an active automotive sales professional. They can look you up and they can see reviews, real life customer reviews of you as a sales professional. What struck me is how many reviews there are. And how many of them are like, whoa, what a breath of fresh air experience that was. So my question to you is, first of all, how long have you been going at this? And how did, how did you, I guess, shape your, your methodology of selling? Yeah, and it's funny because just like you, a lot of people kind of first heard about me when the record was broken. Um, so they're like, wait a minute, where did this guy come from? Right. And people were like, okay, so you just started in the business? I'm like, <laughs> no, I know it doesn't. Just just because I broke a record in 17 doesn't mean I started in 16 or 17. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I started in 2001. So we're, we're you know, approaching 19 years. Uh, and even that record in 2017, which was uh, 1,582, 
it took, you know, years to get to that point. I mean, if you look back at 2016, it was, you know, 1380 and 2015 was, you know, 1250. So, I mean, it was, you know, it was leading up to that point, right? Uh, you know, and, and a lot of people, like, like you said, it just because it, we made it kind of public at the time, it, it was, you know, it was years in the making. Sure. And I mean, during that time, and, and this could be my blatant ignorance, but were you, were you on the circuit? Like, were you doing social? Were you, were you blasting yourself all over the place or were you more heads down, put the blinders on focus, 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 build, build my business here? Yeah. And that's all. And it's exactly you hit on the head. I mean, it was, you know, just me working hard year over year and, you know, growing year over year. And, and people in our industry need to realize that, you know, you're, you're running your own business just because you're inside of a dealership uh, doesn't mean that's not your own business that you're running. So you need to grow just like the dealership needs to grow. You need to figure out a way to grow your personal business. Uh, at the end of the day, people were coming in to see me. Uh, at the dealership. So the dealership gives you the foundation that you need. I mean, they give us all the tools that we need to succeed. And all we need to do is kind of get yourself out there. And it's, it's more about marketing, right? I mean, you, you just got to, you know, kind of get everybody to know who you are and what you do and what you offer. And year over year, that should grow. Uh, right. The, the difference, I think, where a lot of people didn't see me on social media was I didn't grow this business on social media. Um, I was a firm believer of, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you want to call it old school, but it was hands-on. It was, you know, um, I have enough people in my community that will last me a lifetime. Um, right. It didn't matter to me to go social media abroad. And and that's where people mistake social media uh, with, with, you know, being present with your own community. So for me, I'll use the word popular, but I, I was popular in my community, not abroad on social media. So people were like, well, you know, where did this guy come from? Well, I was here the whole time, but it didn't matter to me if, you know, a person in Seattle knew what I was right. doing and I'm in Michigan, right? It, yeah. it, it, it was irrelevant. It did nothing for my business. So uh, to be popular on social media is just that. That is yeah. it. It's not, it's not really. Now, now, there are ways of doing social media that are amazing. If you keep it local and if you keep it tied to your local community. Um, but ultimately, ultimately, we have to remember that the power of human touch is more important and more powerful than any other tool that you can ever use. So people in my backyard can touch me. They can come and see me. They can hug me. I see them. I see their kids. They see my kids. Um, that is a relationship. That, yeah. that will last a lifetime. That's the difference maker, I think. Yeah, it's huge. I, I mean, like, you know, in the past, I've had guys like Gary Vee on the show, and I've always asked them, like, what would you do if you're selling cars? And and it really validates exactly what you just said. And, you know, I think for some, we're probably, we probably overthink it, right? Like, we're like, oh, man, now I'm a car sales professional. And and I think a lot, especially as I, I look at some of the Facebook groups out there and hearing what people are talking about, it it's interesting because... I don't want to say it's a sense of entitlement, but it almost is where they're like, oh, well, I work at this dealership and they said they were going to do X, Y, and Z for me. And now all of a sudden I'm on my own. What I'm, what I'm sensing from you is, yeah, bro, like they give you the yeah. tool, but you yeah, are, you on, are. Your own. You're on, you your are own. on your own, right? 
And and guys like Gary V say the exact same thing as you. Like I, I asked him, hey, man, what would you do? And he says, I would become the mayor of my town, essentially saying exactly what you just said through metaphor, which is I would own my community. I would be the guy in my community. And And I love what you said about the power of human touch, because I think especially this day and age, everything is hypercharged. We see guys like Gary V on social media. But then we also hear him say something like, be the mayor of your town. And we we cross the wires and think, oh, well, he only does that by being prominent on social media. And I love your approach, which was, no, I, I go out into the community and I physically touch people and impact their lives. Right. Right. Yeah. And and, and that takes and, and people always ask, well, how do you have time and how do you you know, how do you get started? And, you know, I mean, it's it's your own backyard. I mean, how do you not have time and how do you not are, are able to get started? I mean, it's it, it takes it. Now, don't get me wrong. It takes hard work. It takes giving time and, and it takes probably the most important part of this. This whole piece is it takes patience. Um, the problem we have with salespeople across the country is we always want this instant gratification. Right. Like you said, you yeah. want to go into a dealership and the dealership says, well, we're going to give you this, this, this and this. And you automatically assume that you're going to be busy and, and you're going to build a career based on that. But you don't give it time to develop. So just because I go to a charity event that has 2000 people there does not mean I'm going to sell a car that day. Um, so people kind of get this whole thing mixed up. You know, it took I for me to be active in the community. It probably took me a good 10 years to get that residual back. And the misconception is I was out there trying to sell a car. I, I wasn't trying to sell a car. I was out there building relationships. I was out there getting to know people. I was out there getting myself out there as a person first, right. then a salesman second. So when you approach it that way, then people get to know who you are as a person, and then they attach the car salesman afterwards. If people get to know you as a car salesman first, then they have this stigma or, you know, belief that you're just trying to sell them something and rather yeah. than building a relationship. So, you know, you show up at a charity event and, and you think you're going to go there and sell a car, you're going to be disappointed and you're not going to get instant gratification. So guess what happens? You give up. You're like, oh, that was a waste of time. You got to be able to see four or five years down the road. You got to plant that seed and say, okay, you know, you know, I'm 21, I'm 22, I'm 25. I'm starting my career. You know, I, you know, by the time I'm 30, 33, I should have my, my career should be taken off. I should be, you know, be able to, you know, reap the benefits of it. But again, salespeople just give up so early, way too premature, um, you know, jumping dealerships and, and, you know, it's just, it's just bad moves. Yeah, it's the uh, I I really see it, too. And, you know, and it's funny, too, because if we coincide patience with age, uh, you know, it, it really everything just kind of falls in line. Like, I, I think you're you know, you're in your 40s. I'm pushing 40, you know, things in my career. I, I think back to my 20s. I think back to my early 30s and I go, man, I wish it could have happened faster. Today, me is like, ah, there were lessons learned while I was being patient during that time that that have allowed me to experience what I'm experiencing now sustainably. 
Right. If, if it happened then, it would have. I would have been flopping around like a fish on a on a deck of a fishing boat in Alaska. Like I would have yeah. just been all over the place. And and you're right. You said it. They're, we're we're seeing that. They go. Oh man, the pay plan seems better at dealership X. I'm going over to dealership X, and they don't realize what what a stint they're putting in their career by having to basically start over. They think, oh yeah, every time you do that, you start over and over and over. You back yourself up years by by jumping dealerships because this manager is better or that manager is better. Yeah. Okay. So 20 years ago, I mean, you know, where, what were you doing before the car business? Were, were you in hospitality? Were you, or was it just a complete kind of cold turkey career change for you? I didn't hear that last part. What, what, what was the, like, what was the motivation to get into the car business? You know, the, the, the funny thing is, is it was, it was, you know, more of like everybody else, everybody kind of went and got into the car business as a mistake, right? As something, <laughs> something to kind of just get by and say, you know, hey, I can make some, you know, quick money here while I'm going to school or, right. you know, something of that nature. For me, you know, I was working at a, at a, a small family owned business. I was there for 10 years. Uh, it was kind of a factory, um, a, you know, industrial shop. And, you know, I worked there for 10 years and then I was, I worked my way up to third in line, right? The two owners and then me. And, you know, that was it. That was, that was where I was going to peak for the rest of my life. So I said, you know, I just wanted more. I wanted something a little bit more. And I knew I wanted to go into sales. And at that time I was looking at either um, car sales or real estate. And I, and I looked at both of them. A friend of mine was selling cars. He was doing very well. And I said, you know, I, I kind of fell in love with that. And, and, and I went to the dealership that he was working at. And uh, he was going to move from there to a, a different dealership. Talk about jumping around, which this is funny, but uh, he was leaving Chevy to go work for Jaguar, uh, probably because he heard that that was a you know better move or, or whatnot. And and I went and interviewed at his uh, dealership, and then you know kind of fell in love with it right away, and uh, got hired pretty much on the spot. And you know, of course, they sold me on the whole you know oh you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year type deal, you know, <laughs> just. Just like everybody else got sold on that. Well, yeah. you know, um, it's the like he's, he's out of the business completely. He jumped around, you uh, know, here, think about it, you know, so many years later and he jumped around, jumped around, jumped around. He's completely out of the business. Um, he, he started a family owned uh, manufacturing factory type business. He, he, he like went to where you were and you went to where he was. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, exactly, man. He now he's you know, I mean, nothing against him, but but he kind of bounced around, and and that's just what's happening in our industry. You bounce around so many times, you burn yourself out, and right. he's just like, man, the car business is dead. You know, there's nothing to do. There's no money to be made. You know, all of this stuff. That, you know, um, it's just funny. It's ironic that he, he's the one that kind of told me to get in it, and and he's completely out of it. Yeah, I, I love your mindset. I mean, it says a lot about. Who you are as an individual, and why I think the the success has been mounting year after year, and it it sounds like a you have a really optimistic mindset, and b you're you are finely attuned to the acres of diamonds in your own backyard. You're not trying. You're not going for some bigger, you know, pastures of grandeur. You're like, yo, there's you know, you even started off by saying, hey, there's more than enough people here to last me a lifetime. Yeah, yeah, and true, you know, and and that's pretty much kind of my whole career. And that's why, you know, a lot of things on social media, they say, well, he's not really active on social media. He's not really, you know, 
posting, you know, prices of cars on social media. And, you know, he's not, you know, putting videos out every single day. And, you know, so people in California can see what I'm doing here in Michigan. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's so much to be said about being present in your community and they will embrace you as long as you give them a reason to. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's just, and that's as simple as giving time, uh, being genuine about it, you know, giving, giving back to the community, you know, showing compassion. I mean, all those things have to play into being successful. I mean, it's not, you can't look at it and say, well, I'm going to make a ton of money because that is short lived. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm going to build a brand and, you know, people are going to respect and love me for what I do and what I offer. And, you know, man, it's amazing. And, and it changes the way people look at you as a, as a car salesman. It changes the way you feel about being a car salesman, because let's face it, you know, we don't have the best reputation. Um, right. Which, which, by the way, is changing a little bit. I mean, we're, we are getting more professionals entering it, it, our industry and, you know, things like this. I mean, it, the interview that we're doing now, it, things like this kind of encourage people to kind of, you know, come into the industry, more professionals to come in, more women to come in. And, and, you know, it's, it's an amazing industry to be in, but it took time for us all to get here. How long did it take you to develop this? What, what we call the automotive preneur mindset? Like, did you come into the business thinking like a, like a business owner or did that develop over, over time? No, that, that kind of developed a little bit over time, but, it, but I was, I was kind of blessed to be where I was at the beginning because there was a guy that I worked with, um, uh, name was Gary and he was in this relationship type selling. Uh, he'd sit back and, you know, he was, he was a 30, 40 car guy. Uh, when I came in, you know, he would just sit at his desk and people would just come in and see him. And I'd be running around the parking lot and I'd be, you know, washing cars. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get anybody I can get. And, you know, we're trained to go get another one. Right. And this guy just sitting in his office and people were coming in. Right. And as a young man, I look at that and I say, man, I didn't say, wow, you know, I'm, I'm jealous of this guy. I said, how can I learn from this guy? I said, you know, he obviously didn't do it overnight. How did he get there? So I was blessed enough to be able to watch everything that he, he did. And he was active and he was out in his community and, you know, he was he was older than I was. So, you know, I kind of learned a lot from him. So it took a couple of years for me to realize that building relationships with people is, is what it's really about. Um, he didn't really know much about cars. It didn't matter. Um, he didn't have to know, you know, horsepower of a, you know, Chevy Cruze or whatever. He just, he needed to know, you know, how to solve that person's problem. And I was able to learn that. So I would say probably four or five years in, I started realizing that, you know, to build this business, you, you, you got to uh, build relationships with everybody. Yeah. And I love that this is the crux of the conversation because, you know, when I talk to the, the DPB gang, when I talk to the pros, yeah. it's all about BRT, build relationships of trust. And that's something that I believe so deeply in. And it's, it's refreshing every time I get to speak to an individual such as yourself who, who has proven that that is the most effective, sustainable way to build a business. Now, of course, I hope I stress that enough in this conversation for those listening that the premise of everything here is building those relationships of trust 
not being internet famous, being regular famous. That's right. That is so huge. Oh my gosh. I love that because yes, yeah, absolutely. And look, I, I, I get it. It's fun to be popular on social media, but you know, if you go to, if you go to my social media, if you go to Facebook, I mean, you tag me on something during the week, you are not getting a response. I mean, I'm not even yeah. on Facebook during the week. I'll use it as a, as a, you know, as a fun tool, I respond to people when they need help. You know, I get yeah. people tagging me and everything, but I'm not going to take away from my day. Look, they spend millions of dollars for you to get lost into that that, that yeah. app that you're in. Um, so it's designed for you to get on there and get lost in it. Three hours later, you look up and like, what 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 just happened? Um, yeah. and, and 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 you bought everything that you've seen in sight. You know, so I mean, <laughs> that's what it's designed to do. So if you could keep it small and local you you can use it as a powerful tool uh but yeah i would rather be popular when i walk into a restaurant in my community and you know it, it's funny because i go into restaurants and my kids hate it because i have to stop at like 20 tables before i get to mine you know dude, i'm in the kitchen i'm in the kitchen the chef comes out you know but you're seasoning but, your pasta. <laughs> yeah. So I go back there, you know, I, I go, you know, last night I, I go into, you know, a restaurant and, you know, right away the host jumps up and, and they're like, oh, you know, I have a lot of restaurants. I have my own table. It's just because I built a relationship with these people and I have my own wait staff that I like to use. And, you know, it's because I don't walk into a restaurant, sit in the back room, have my meal and leave. I right. make a presence based on relationships of me talking to those people and getting to know them. Right. I mean, I, I, I get to know them. I get to know the chef. I get to know the wait staff. I, I, I ask the questions. I don't go in there and say, I'm Ollie. I sell cars. I go in there and say, how are you? How is your family? Uh, how is your day going? And right. you know, maybe the 10th time I go there, the, they always mess up and ask, what do I do? You know? Yep. So then, then you, you build a relationship based on you as a person first. They cannot change the image of you as a person after you already built a relationship with them. And right. I'm not doing it with the intentions on selling the car. I'm just doing it because we love people. That's what we do, right? We go make conversations. We make a presence. You you have a good time. Um, so it's it's up to us as salespeople. A lot of people have problem breaking the ice and saying, oh, I'm a car salesman. Yeah. No, you're not. You're a human being, you know, and then just because you sell cars, you know, doesn't doesn't dictate of the type of person you are. Yeah, I love that. It's like, why did you bypass your most fundamental label of human being? You went right, right past that and you went right into. No, I'm a car sales professional I'm a car, with your head down. Right. Because, <laughs> because, because, you, because that's what you feel. That's how you feel. So for me, I am. I'm extremely proud of what I do, man. When I tell people I sell cars, I mean, they're just like, wow, man, I want to sell cars. You know, they just yeah. think that this is the best job in the world. So, um, well, there's a great deal of humility that I sense too. Like, and that's one of the things I want to point out pros. Cause we, we've got listeners all over the world. I don't want you rolling into your next restaurant. And like, let's be honest, if you're selling six cars a month, average, trying to get to where Ali is, you're probably not eating at nice restaurants. Yeah, that's not a dig at you, but you can't roll into Wendy's. You can't roll into Burger yeah, yeah. King, like the biggest douchebag on the planet wearing fake bling and being like, yo, I got my own table. It's like, yeah, no, yeah, right. like you got to build this up. You, you got to build this up. Yeah, you, you earn, earn that. that. And yeah. and so I think that's a really big part of this is is maintaining the humility of, and maybe that stems from 
you know, the work, yeah. knowing yeah. how much work you're putting into this. Yeah, most people, you know, you know, the thing is, is, is guys that are starting out and, and gals that are starting out doing, you know, six, seven, ten. Um, you gotta, you, you can't look at me and say, oh, I'm gonna do a hundred. When I was doing twenty, I never seen a hundred and fifty or two hundred a month. I never seen that. I never thought that was possible. Right. But I did know that my next level was possible, and I knew that I had to stay in my lane uh, in order to get there. So you're right. I didn't it, when I was going to Wendy's, I didn't just walk into a fancy restaurant and say, Hey, here I am, you know, take care of me. No, I stayed in my lane and I knew that I had to, you know, do the work. I had to put myself out there and, you know, I knew one level at a time. So when I did 25, I knew I can get to 30. When I did 30, I knew I can get to 40. Well, if yeah. I remember hitting 71, uh, one time, the first time I ever hit 70, 71. And I says, man, you know, I, feel like I still had another 10, 15 cars that I could have did. So, you know, I, I changed my process a little bit and I figured out how I can get there. And, and then next thing you know, I'm at 90, you know, Man, and, I love this. but it was, it was literally one level at a time. I, yeah. I sit back and say, you know, how did I get here? What felt right? What felt wrong? And you know what I was doing at what I'm doing at, you know, 150 cars a month. I wasn't doing at 20 cars a month, you know, process changes, things change. And that's why it's so important to get involved in relationship-based selling and in, in, in what we're doing because things are going to be completely different than when you're doing transactional sales. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, there's there's a there is a harsh beginning, a harsh middle, and a harsh end to a transactional sale. Like I don't remember. You're right. I don't remember the the last person I that checked me out at Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I rolled in. I got what I wanted. I rolled out. They asked me if I wanted to donate to the food bank. I said, sure. That right. was it. Out right. I went. Yeah. Uh, but we, we, we certainly complicated things haven't we. Yeah. I think what, what a basic fundamental human, like it's, it's the golden rule. It comes down to that. That's why it's called the golden rule. Do, do to others that you want to have done to you. So if you want to be respected, respect others. If you want to be served, serve others. If you want, your circle to to have an impact on you have an impact on your circle like it's it it, it it really just is that that simple not to oversimplify okay it is yeah but the development no, right yeah agreed but but you know now that i i feel like hopefully we've sufficiently touched on the foundation of why this works and how you've built up to this point I'm hoping those listening don't go, okay, well, I am at 20 cars a month and I'm going to go to a hundred by, by next year without doing anything different. I love what you were talking about. Just this constant briefing and debriefing of your performance and what you did and what went well. I recently interviewed, if you can believe this, an automotive podcast. I recently interviewed an F 35 fighter pilot. Oh my God. <laughs> because amazing. I felt like, man, it would be so cool to have somebody like that who can retain information can execute with efficiency with like just all these sorts of things and one of the things that struck me about him which ties into what you just said about uh you know i guess reviewing your performance and the the previous month against the next month and these sorts of things is an hour basically if they're in the air for an hour and 15 minute flight 
they did a three hour briefing the day before covering everything, every contingency they could think of. Right. When they land, they have a two to six hour debrief of everything that happened during the flight. Wow. And it and it struck me when you just said this, because I'm like, ah, there's a massive differentiator here. Yes, build relationships. Yes, golden rule. But when it gets down into the when, when we get down into the weeds, what I believe one of the things that differentiates you beyond the relationship is that you are tactical. You are going in and you're I mean, at least this is the sense I'm picking up. I, I don't right. see you as somebody that's just cracking 76 Red Bulls a day being like, how come nobody's ever right. you know, <laughs> like you're, you're 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 sitting there and you're going, OK, I did 150 next month. Here's what I got to do to get to X. Here's how it's going to happen. Here's the contingency. You know, like if it's the 10th of the month and this hasn't happened, then I got to do this. If it, you know, that's the sense I'm really picking up with you. And I think that's a big differentiator for, for why people aren't getting to that next level. Yeah. Yeah. You hit it right on head. Um, you know, first thing like process. So, you know, for me, I couldn't fix or move forward my process if I don't know what my process is. So, like you Mm -hmm. say, you know, if you're just, you know, drinking Red Bulls and trying to stay awake the whole day, you know, which I don't take any energy drinks um, because those are just up and down. I mean, that's going to give you a boost, but then you crash lower yeah. than where you started. People right. don't realize that. So then you have to crack another one. Um, so, you know, that should just... The next thing you have kidney failure. <laughs> you got to stay out of that. I mean, you got to stay away from that. So, you know, you got to write down your process. So for everybody on here, I mean, if you want one exercise that you can take from here, from, from this right now is you literally have to write down everything that you do throughout a day, every 15 minutes. Okay. And that means I went to lunch. I walked in the parking lot. I pulled a car around. I went to service. I mean, literally this is something for yourself. You're not going to share it with anybody. So be truthful to yourself, write down everything you've done in the past 15 minutes, and then go back and read that your entire day. And you are going to find so many holes and gaps that you say, wow, I wasted time talking about the game. I wasted time, you know, walking around doing nothing. I, you know, you're going to find so many holes so you cannot fix your process or your faults if you don't know what they are. Uh, yeah. For me, when I was at, you know, 30 or 40, I had to write down my process so I knew what I can do. Then when I got to 50 and 60, I'd write down my process and I'd eliminate certain things that weren't important anymore. Um, and people, you know, for them to realize, to understand how you can sell, you know, two, last December, I sold 202 cars in December of 18. Wow. I, and, and I work five days a week. So in, in 50 hours a week. So it's not like, you know, I'm working. And, and matter of fact, there was Christmas, there was New Year's. Uh, we had a couple of snowstorms. I mean, literally, I think I worked 18 days. Wow. But I know my process. I know what, how things move fast. Um, I don't rush anything, but it's very efficient. Selling yeah. a relationship versus a transactional is yeah. where it's what, what's key in selling that many vehicles. Um, so, you know, we could touch on that a little bit, but that's, you know, because I know my process. I know test drives to me are not important anymore. Um, although they're very important in our industry, but at some point you can move away from certain things like that. And if I'm making, if my closing ratio is 85, 90%, because that's how high it is in relationship-based, 
and I'm making 80 to 90% of those decisions myself, that's how things move so fast. So, so what do you mean by that? Like, are you a touch point professional? Like that you're not passing people off. You take them through the whole process. I, well, I take them. So I, so, so my process is I do everything. I do finance. I do everything. I don't pass them on. I do desk. I do everything myself. Um, I do have two assistants that, that are administration. They, they do all the paperwork. Uh, but I talk to every single person I sell. So for me, uh, you know, I'm solving a problem. So I, I can solve a problem. And because of the trust and because of, you know, the relationship that I built with this client in front of me, we together solve the problem. And it only takes 10 or 15 minutes to solve an issue. Somebody's automotive issue. It doesn't take hours. Uh, right. But because I'm because of the, the what I meant by I'm making 80 percent of the decisions because they trust me, I can ultimately make the decision for them. Um, you know, because I look yeah. at myself as an advisor, right? Not yeah. as a salesperson. I'm not selling them on anything. I'm solving a problem. And they trust me enough to say, okay, if that's what you recommend, that's what we'll do. My, you know, they're making a decision on maybe what color they want. And that's sure. pretty much it, you know? So it's, that's how things move so fast. Yeah. I, I love this because I see that in my own life. A lot of people go, man, how, how do you, how do you have business coming to you? And it's like, bro. I spent the last 15 years building a foundation uh, on my thesis of build relationships of trust. So you're seeing the today of people coming and being like, we must work with you. And, and, And I think, you know, that's exactly what I'm picking up from you. And the difference is I don't sell anything. Yeah. You know, when, when rookie salespeople watch me, when, when I'm onboarding new people on my team and they watch me conduct a quote unquote sales call, they're like, holy crap, this dude, this dude knows how to weave. And, and it's like, but I'm not selling anything. No, they come naturally. A question. They came to me with wanting to know my, my advice, my counsel. And then they, then all I've done is empowered them to just pick up the pen and, and ink the deal. And so, you know, I love what you're saying about this 80, 90% closing rate, because I've experienced that myself enough to add testimony to what you're saying that it's completely true. Yeah. And that's how, and that's how, that's where you want to get to, you know, when you, when, when we start adapting this advisor role and, and you said it earlier, when you're looking out for their best interest, uh, and I mean all the time, not sometimes, not like, Oh, you know, uh, this time I can try to make extra money and this time I can't. I mean, all the time looking out for their best interest. Things are going to move a lot faster. People are going to see that, that genuine side. They're going to feel that you're, you're taking care of them. And, and ultimately you're going to have people armed with an amazing experience with something that they're going to share with everybody that they know with their inner circle. So having somebody, you know, out there telling a story about their experience is the best best compliment that you can get from somebody because naturally that person they're telling the story to they're going to want to come and see you as well yeah so let me ask you this i mean to to balance this cuz i i'm sure this is resonating with 99% of the people that, that are listening to this i mean you've yeah. been one of the top recommended guests now for a while and i know we've tried over the last few months to to try and get this going but I know they're thinking, okay, this is cool. I'm in the weeds. I'm selling 10. Maybe I'm, you know what? Maybe I'm, I'm what's considered a top in my store. I'm selling 21. I'm selling 30. 
Um, and I, I have to maintain what I'm doing here, which is probably pretty mm, transactional at best. What does, what, what does someone like you in your position, what do you recommend they do to, to maintain their base, but also really start, you know, putting pegs in the ground for a much more sustainable approach like what you're talking about? Because I think a lot of people are, they're, they're, they might struggle with, how do I turn this around? Right. I, you know, if I just go 100% into this build relationship thing, it almost sounds like I might lose what I'm, what I'm currently doing. And then I've got, you know, I might, right. you know yes, what I mean? Yeah, of course. At some point, if you, if you are doing like 30, if somebody's averaging in elite 25, 30, at some point, they do got to get away from transactional sales. They got to get away from taking ups. Um, you know, for, for me, I don't take ups. I haven't taken ups since I think 2011, 12. Mm. Um, so because I needed to focus more on my customer base and you, you will probably take a dip for the first couple of months because it's scary to say, don't take another customer that walks in the dealership, but that customer is costing you time and, and money because now you still have to go back to the transactional sale, which could take two, three hours or weeks even, um, saying that, you know, I got to build trust with this person and, and they don't know me. I don't know them. So. But the guy's doing that 30 plus at some point, you got to just cut that out and say, I'm just going to focus on the people that I've done business with. And, you know, for everybody to get started, you know, even if you're at 10 or 12, you know, getting started in your own community. I know it's a difficult thing to do because people always say, well, where do I start? How do I go? Where do I do? Right. Uh, you have so many things in your community that you can be involved in, um, you know, if it's, if it's high school football, right? Let's just take that for, for instance. If, if you mm -hmm. like football and you go to high school football games and you go sit in the stands, nobody's going to notice you. But if you work the concession stand for free and you get to know people, then people are going to start to know you. So right. that's one example of doing something. Um, community centers. You know, if you're going to go to a community center, you know, go and interact with people. Uh, you know, if there's like, you know, a gardening show and you like gardening, go get involved in the gardening thing. If you're in a charity, Try to work the charity event. You know, I mean, it's it's work. You're going to have to put the work in. Uh, yeah. People just don't want to either a put the work in or don't see that that the instant gratification where they're not going to they're just going to go there and say, oh, you know, I went twice and I got nothing. Nobody even said hi to me. Yeah, you gotta keep going. Gotta <laughs> nobody really. said hi to me. Yeah, <laughs> nobody said hi to me. You're supposed to say hi to people. I just turned yeah. into Seinfeld. You're supposed to say hi to people. Right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you're not entitled, right? You're not entitled. They're not going to just come up to you and say hi to you. So you know, we're we're connectors, right? Salespeople are amazing at connecting. They're connecting people, and I mean, just get out there and do something that you love. You know, whatever you're into. Uh, whatever yeah, you know what it's offering you, you moved you've moved the process back and what i mean by that is uh, one step back uh, what i mean by that is your work is what you just said your work is going and interacting and being a part of the community and getting to know people it's work in the concession stand for free to the degree that people come to the football game because they want to get their chili cheese fries right. from you because you've you're, you're just such a positive individual. And yeah. then what you do at the dealership, that's what I mean by moving it back is those are the fruits of your work. Right. Exactly. People rolling in and inking deals. 
that is the fruit of your labor. Exactly. Exactly. But I think that's where people get messed up. They go, no, my work is I'm a car. Well, it goes no. back to what you said earlier. Yeah. Beyond going past human being and right to car salesperson car with, their head, with their head <laughs> up low. <laughs> They're like, I'm a car sales professional. That's what I do for a living. Your mindset, yeah. what I love about you, man, is your, your mindset is, no, I'm a connector, like you just said. Oh. My job isn't to sell cars. My job is to connect, advise, counsel get to know the community and then I get to I get to roll into these four walls every day where people come into me as a result of my work. Right, right. And that's what it is exactly. They're not going to just show up. They're not going to just come because you're you have a pretty face on a billboard somewhere. Um, <laughs> they're not going to just show up. So for me like for instance, you know, in the community center, right? We have a local community center and you know, I have a banner in the community center. So I can just say, okay, well, I'll just put a banner and hope people will come and see me. Or I can be present where I advertise and I'm present. I'm playing basketball. I'm I'm interacting with people at the same place where I have a banner. Now, all of a sudden, we go back to the part of human touch. We go back to people see that I'm real. They see me as a person and they're more inclined to do business with me because of that. And they know my kids. They, it becomes personal, right? Let's, let's take the whole business transaction out of it. It becomes personal and they're more inclined to come to you for help. Um, and, and another mindset piece just to kind of throw out there, right? Where if you, if you carry the mindset of I'm here to solve a problem, not create a new one, right? Mm. So a lot of people don't realize that we're solving problems, but sometimes you're creating another problem for them that is going to bite you later in the future. So if I put somebody in a situation and they come back in three years and I tell them, Oh dude, you're just, you're buried. I can't do nothing for you. And they look at me and say, well, you did this. (laughs) I mean, come on. Right. I mean, I'm not (laughs) saying that, that cars don't depreciate, but I'm saying that, you know, if you're trying to hit a home run on somebody and and you never expect them to come back again, then that's the type of business you're going to run. If you educate them on saying, listen, you know, you're buying this car, you're going to drive a lot of miles. I strongly suggest you put down about five or 6,000 right now. Let's go 60 months rather than 72 months. And that way, if you come back in three years, we're, we're going to be in a good situation for me to help you get out of it. So that means you have to be conscious of who that person is, where they came from, and where they are going. Because right. for me, I know they're coming back to see me. I'm not worried about saying I'm one and done. It's not a white night stand. This, this is a relationship that, you know, if I put them in a situation, then I feel I'm responsible to get them out of it at some point. Um, and in and, and, and the grand scheme of things, right, we, we, we know that, you know, somebody can take a car and drive 100,000 miles in two years and come back. Now, that's not your fault. But right. the mindset is you're there to solve a problem, not create a new one for them. Inside your dealership is, has it always been this way where they were open to sales pros doing everything, being financed, desk, desk, or was that something that developed through you? How, what did that look like? Because, and not to go back to the the victim mindset, but I, I my right. hope is that we get people thinking bigger than that mindset of, oh, well, my dealer would never let me do something like that. What did that process look like developing? Where, oh, yeah, sure. Heck no, they didn't want to do that. They don't do it for anybody else. They, that's not a normal thing in our industry. 
that is something that I had to earn. And I, I'm blessed with great owners that are um, uh, okay with listening to ideas. And I, and I said to them, listen, for me to grow, I need to, this is what I need to do. And, and they were okay with trying it. So a lot of times, you know, if you're at that point, you just go to a dealer and say, Hey, listen, this is what I need to grow. And, you know, I've proven myself and, you know, I need to get to this next level. And as a salesperson, the more you can handle yourself, the better you are, right? I mean, the faster you can move and you move at your own pace. So, uh, you know, you have to approach them and say, let's just, let's try this for three or six months and see how it works. And if it works, 90% of the dealers are going to be okay with it. As long right. as you're showing them that it's working for everybody. Uh, for me, because of the volume that I do, you know, for me to handle uh, finance, you know, most of the people I've already dealt with before. So we have a lot of their information. It's more of updating it at this point, but yeah. you know, I can load their information. I can have one of my assistants load their information. I can, you know, hit the submit button. I can have somebody on the insurance call, uh, place an insurance on it while the car is getting cleaned up. I mean, things move so fast and efficient when you can handle everything yourself. If I had yeah. to rely on a finance guy or two finance guys that, you know, they have 30 people they're trying to accommodate, then that's yeah. going to be, uh, you know, difficult. So, Well, not only that, you never know what they're doing. Like this is one of the break points um, in our industry is you get passed off and you have no clue what this, you, now you have to start over and build a, get to know, go through that awkward, you know, family reunion. You got to re get to know your cousins and it's awkward at first kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, you got to go through that now with the, the finance officer and they turn their monitor away from you and you got no clue what they're clickety clacking in the keyboard. Um, and they're not talking to you. I always joke. I, my, not my most recent vehicle purchase, but the one before that was the same day that I launched my or published my book and it went live out on the interwebs. And just the time I was sitting in the finance office, it went from being published to a number one bestseller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, how long have I been in here? <laughs> oh, yeah. My gosh. Yeah. I mean, and so I love this. What you're saying is, A, I, you know, I love how you approached it to your owners too, because yes, I, I don't know your owners, but I'm, you said you're blessed to have great owners. Well, that's really cool and open-minded. Mm -hmm. But you also said, I think a lot of uh, owners are going to, they're open to growth. I mean, ultimately that's what they, they want. And so I love the way you approached it. Hey, in order for me to grow to the next step, right? they know that, that if you grow, they're going to grow. They know that you didn't approach them cold Turkey. Like you were selling six cars today. And then you're like, Hey, in order for me to go to a hundred cars tomorrow, right, 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 I need right, to do right. that. You earned it. Like yeah, I love what it. you said. I earned yeah. it. Yeah. And, and, and what, what's funny is I'll tell you how fast this, this thing could grow for somebody. Um, so the, I, this, uh, this is the second dealership I've worked at. The first dealership I started in 2001 to 2010. They were closed by General Motors during that whole wind down dealer process. Otherwise, right. I'd, still, yep. I'd still probably be at that dealership. Um, so in 2010, they closed down. I stayed with the same brand. I went over to um, Les Stanford where I'm at now. Uh, since June of 2010. So when I started over in 2010, I was averaging 25 cars a month. So in, in mid, mid 2010. So from 2010 to 2017, you're talking six and a half, seven years there that I went from 25 to averaging 130. 
So wow. for people out there to realize, to say, okay, well, yeah, yeah, I've been in it for 19 years. And yes, it took me that long to build relationship. And But if you're out there and you really dedicate yourself and get yourself out there and say, I'm not going to give up and I'm going to keep going. And, you know, that's how fast things can actually turn around. To me, that's not a long time. It's six or seven years to, to go from 25, 30 to, you know, 150. It, it, I don't think that's a long period. No. And, and when you're building, I mean, as an entrepreneur myself, that's operating a business seven years, if you put, if you're putting your head down and you're focused on the build, um, man, seven years, I I feel like I was 22 and then I sneezed and now I'm married for, you know, 12 years with three children. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, it's possible for everybody. It's not, it's duplicatable. Um, it's not something that, you know, there is no secret. There is no, you know, I don't have, I'm not the master of closing. Matter of fact, I probably face less objections than anybody else out there uh, because I'm very transparent and, and I'm very open with, with my client base. And, you know, I don't have to, people always ask me, why do you face this objection? I'm, I'm like, I don't I tell them, this is what we have. This is what we can do. This is what I suggest. This is what we suggest that we do together. So we don't have this problem later. And yeah. again, you're solving a problem. So, you know, it, it it's duplicatable, man. I mean, you just got to get yourself out there and put it. I really love this, dude. I, I can't tell you how much I love this because, you, you know, when I said I'm having Ali on the show, so many people go get into his mind, get deep into his brain and learn, <laughs> his, learn how he deals with this objection and how does he handle with that. And but the reality of it is objections come when somebody believes they could potentially be stiffed. Right. Like an objection is an objection. If you have a relationship, it's just them asking a question because they're curious. They want to know. Yeah. Um, but I love what you just said, which validates it, which means I'm not going to ask these, these questions yeah. <laughs> that, that, that a lot of people wanted me to ask um, because I think they see you and it's Jedi status and they go, Oh, he must have a strong, you know, explanation about warranty and he must have a strong, and it's like, well, I'm not selling that product. They're coming into me because I'm not right. too cheap in the way it sounds, but I'm essentially the product they're coming to well, experience geez. me. Yeah. They're not going to true car. They're not going to cars.com. They're not going to, I, I am cars.com. I am true car to them. Right. right. I, I am that person. So they don't need to go surfing the web and, and getting lost in the shuffle by, you know, a hundred different things. They're not looking at saying, Oh, well, NADA, you know, gave me 5,000 more for my trade. Really? Like, I mean, how do you even get to that point? Right. So, but then we don't get to work with you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and, and that's it. You're, you're providing a service, you're providing the comfort. People are, you know, they're not happy coming into dealerships half the time, but we, we, I've managed to switch that around where, you know, people are happy to come in and people make me part of their, their, families they make me part of you know their kids buying cars and you know i don't take that for granted at any point either you know i mean every person gets my attention and and i and i show them my gratitude towards them and i and i remind them how grateful i am for them coming in to see me and you know i don't expect it you know they have a lot of options and you know i show when you show people your gratitude and you show them that you're thankful for them being there and you give them this experience that they're not going to get anywhere else and you know, those are the type of things that people want. Same when when I go to a restaurant, what I expect. Same when I go somewhere and say, okay, well, I know what I'm getting when I go here. You know, I'm not 
looking to go to these trendy places that close every 30 days, change names and a new owner comes in. I'm looking for longevity. I go to places where I know that there's a 99% chance that this is what I can expect. And that's the type of business that you want to build where people come in and say, well, look, I'm going for the sure thing. I'm not worried about true car. I'm not worried about this other dealership. I'm not worried about, you know, anything else going on. This is the sure thing. And that's the type of business that you should try to build. Yeah. I I love this, man. You, you went from being, uh, I mean, even playing field, you're, you're quote unquote, a car sales professional, um, just like the 250,000 others in the United States, but you're not because you bypassed the negative stigma associated with car sales professional. And you've in your circle and your network have now placed that title on the same shelf as doctor, as accountant, as lawyer, like in a positive way, like they're coming to you at that level. They they see you in that way. Like, Oh no, he's, he's not the bottom of the Gallup poll. He's actually near the top of most trusted professions. Yeah, and that's funny to use doctor because I've the, the I've mocked and I appreciate you saying that, but I've mocked my whole uh, office around what a doctor's office does, and I kind of explain that a little bit. So I have four offices that are literally back to back to back to back. Um, mm-hmm. I have my office, my assistant, and my other assistant, and then an empty office in the back. So every office that we have usually because I, I have multiple people at one time. I mean, literally I can have seven or eight people there at one time. Wow. And, and I've mocked it off a doctor's office uh, where every office is at a different stage. My assistants will gather the information that I need. So when I enter that office, I'm literally having a few minute conversation about them and, you know, just, just personal stuff. And then I say, I can look at the documents there in front of me as a doctor would, as a nurse would get the preliminaries, the doctor mm-hmm. comes in solves the issue, moves on to the next office. And then the nurse comes in and cleans it up. That is pretty much my whole process. So somebody comes in, we greet them, we get the information, I'll come in, I'll solve the issue, and then I can move on to the next office. And then the next office, and then you got people in the waiting room coming into an office, and it just rotates. Same as what you get at a doctor's office. And things move pretty fast. So from start to finish, I can literally have somebody driving in 20 minutes. Holy smokes. But not only that, <laughs> not only that, I'll tell you how crazy it gets. Not only they could be driving in 20 minutes, five minutes later, the next person will be driving. And 10 minutes later, the next person will be driving. So literally in 30 minutes, you could deliver three or four cars because the same as a doctor's office, they can see so many patients in 30 minutes or an hour. Yeah. But, you know, and because of the trust factor, because you're not going to go to your doctor and say, well, you know, I don't trust what you just told me. Most of the time, you're going to trust what they say. And that's, the, that's what I'm trying to explain to people. That's the type of business that you need to build where people are coming in and pretty much just saying, okay, because they trust you and because you're doing the right thing. Um, you know, if you do the wrong thing, it's short-lived. I mean, you're only going to be able to do that so many years. And, you know, for me to maintain this, this business and, and I'm having a lot of fun, I'm still doing what I love. That's the approach I'm going to continue to take. You know, th- this explains all those reviews now I saw where they were like, it was a really cool process, but we didn't understand the, the latex gloves, cotton swabs, and tongue depressors in each office. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't Man, even it's... feel it. And they didn't even feel it. They didn't even know what was going Before on. Before I knew what was happening, I was driving away. 
Yeah, yeah, and and pretty much, you know, in, in, like if I have a hot item, and people are going to say, "Well, how do you how do the cars get ready that fast?" So, just, yeah, yeah. So, so I'll explain that. So, I if I have a hot item, let's say that we're, we're we have a good lease on an Equinox, I'll literally have five of them ready to go. You know, if I have a hot item, I'll get them ready that morning, and and when the customer comes in, I'll say, "Okay, great. This is what we're going to do. Here's 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 what we have." So I have red, silver, and white available. Which one would you like? And then, you know, they pick one of those three colors. Yeah. They said, oh, no, no, no. Well, I want black. I'm like, okay, no problem. We can get that for you. Just, you know, come on back in an hour or two. So I release them so they're not sitting there wasting time because they don't want to be there. I don't want them hanging around. So, you know, I can move on to the next job. They'll come back in an hour or two hours whenever we schedule them. And they literally just take the car with them. Paperwork is done. Yeah, so we sign them. We do everything. They just come back and just just pick up their pick up their order. So, you it's know, like, but not eighty percent of the time they'll choose one of the three that I offered them. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it is. It's like food prep. It's food prep at a restaurant. You make sure you got all your prep ready to go, and that way you can get the food out as quickly as you can. Right. That's all, exactly what it is. So I'll have five, six, seven cars, and anybody can sell them in a dealership. You know, if they're ready, they're ready to go. It's just like having them on the showroom floor. I just have them you know, parked in the back and, and ready to go. Yeah. So by osmosis, have any of the other sales professionals in your store sought to achieve your ways and are seeing any incremental gains? Have they, or, or is this, they don't get it and you're just kind of in a league of your right. own. You get, you get a mixture of both. You know, there are a few people that are, are um, doing really good based on, you know, adopting that, that whole um, getting yourself out there. Um, where there's other people that just see me and only see me now and don't see what it took to get here. You know, just because yeah. I deliver a car in 10 minutes doesn't mean it took me 10 minutes to master that. Um, yeah. It literally took me 19 years to master that. So, you know, some people can't see past that and they'll just sit back and say, well, he's just lucky. You know, he just they just come and see him and they don't, they don't want to learn and don't want to do the work, you know, at the end of the day, you know, my mother didn't do the work for me. Um, you know, as, as much as she loves me, she, she can't do the work for me. So some people just don't want to get themselves out there and do the work. They just feel like, you know, Hey, they're, they're happy doing 12 or 15. Um, but the ones that actually want to learn you know, they'll pick my brain, they'll come over and ask me some advertising, um, ideas and definitely help them out. And, you know, I, I've seen some really good, um, re- really good, uh, progress from it that's cool you know and it's it, it comes back to this time thing because you know you've mentioned the 19 years a couple of times and and that really resonates with me because again i mean in my early days i'm sure and, and i can remember there being times being like man i've been at this 10 years how come it's not you know i see all these big companies and it takes them five years and blah, blah. and i realize a i'm d- a different person than they are yeah with with you know my own belief my own moral standards my your own mindset health, your mindset yeah. my mindset um life experience all these different sorts of things i cannot expect it to work exactly the same for me in the same time frame as it did for them and ultimately now looking back in retrospect i'm the the level of gratitude i feel for the experiences i've had over the last 15 20 years because I know they have taught me patience, persistence, resilience. 
like all of the things you need to not just get off the runway, but stay flying sustainably at 32,000 feet. I love that. And, and, and it's a bumpy ride. I mean, we've all flown on planes. When you start getting going down that runway, it's, it's choppy. It's bumpy. You, you kind of go, holy crap. And then you lift off and maybe there's a side wind or a crosswind and, and the plane's kind of moving sideways and it's bumping up and down. But eventually you get up to sustained flight and it's pretty much smooth sailing from there. And, and that's kind of how I think. So it's like you just started in the business, you're year three in the business. You got time and, and stop being impatient because you, you go, you know, because undoubtedly, man, there's going to be people going 19 years. Holy smokes. And my re- retort to that is, well, what else are you gonna do? You yeah. gotta five anyways. Yeah, once once you realize that this is a career, not a job, then yeah. that's okay. Nineteen years is great, man. I'm looking forward for the next ten. You know, I mean, well, it's, it's like it's, there's breath in my lungs. What the heck else am I gonna do with my? Yeah, time? yeah. This is not a job. It's not a thirty day job. Don't treat it that way. I mean, treat it as a career. And and, and you'll it's get not a level. Yeah, you know, and 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 I think this is a message for the owners, dealer principals, general managers listening out there. When you when you recruit somebody, maybe put a little less emphasis on the multi level marketing tactic of you could make a hundred thousand a year here. Like <laughs> guys, this you understand like every Amway rep, every yeah, exactly. you know, nature sunshine rep out there has been given the same pitch. And yeah. the reason why their their churn is so high in MLM is because they didn't they didn't put enough emphasis on you're building your own business here. You need building to be an career. entrepreneur. You're building a career. You're not, this isn't a get rich quick diamond status. Go on the cruise every, every quarter. This is, you, you got to put legwork into building your business. Yeah. That, that man. Man, on point. man, thank you so much for, for joining me. How can those listening, uh, I don't want to say get in touch with you because I know your probably your inbox is probably already bombarded, but how can they, where can they go? Where would you direct them to learn more of your masterful Jedi ways? Yeah. And I don't mind, you know, I don't mind people reaching out to me when I have the chance. I do reply to people. I don't, I don't mind. I'm I'm on Facebook at, you know, Ali Amrita. Um, You know, I I have a book out there. um, It's called how to, how to sell a hundred cars a month uh, that I co-wrote with uh, a guy named Damien Boudreaux. Um, but yeah, cool. you know, yeah. So that that book is really cool. That gives you a little more insight to you know how I started, and and it's a really quick, easy read. Um, I'm actually in the process of working on another book that's going to be a little bit more um, in tune to how to build it and how to get you, yourself started. So hopefully, um, to be continued on that. Hopefully, that'll come out sometime this coming year. Uh, so really? that'll kind of kind of help you know. And I and I've learned a lot, you know about myself and about my process and about my business by sharing. So, you know, I don't mind sharing my story, man, because I've learned so much about myself. Again, sometimes you just, you just do things because that's just the way you do it, but you don't realize what you're doing. Um, So being able having to share and explain it made me more aware of of how to, you know, enhance myself and to become a better person, not just a better car salesperson. So, you know, I, I love sharing. I love things like this. I, I hats off to you, man, for taking the time and, and reaching out to people and, and doing things like this because it's definitely making a difference in our industry. And you know, people are starting out families, and you, you know, you're definitely making a difference. So, I appreciate, I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. We're going to link to your book in the show notes uh, over at www.thedealerplaybook.com. For now, Ali, man, thanks so much for joining me on the Dealer Playbook Podcast. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate you, bud.